Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Well, good morning, Renew Life Church. How are we doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, we're so glad that you're here today, especially all of our first-time guests. So we can give all our first-time guests a big hand clap. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. I'm Keith. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and um, it's my privilege just to get to share the message with you today. And uh, before we jump into Scripture and we and we really get get into this thing, um, I really want to set the scene and set the stage for um, why God, what, why I believe God wants to bring this message to you. And um, I'll first say that that this, if we could set the stage, that that the stage is love. That God wants to bring this message in love to you because some of you are like, oh man, what is he about to say? He's starting out with love. He must be saying something harsh. No, I'm not. But it's the love of God that would reach out to his people and, and reveal the very thing that's going on in your life right now. And then two, give you the tools and the wisdom um, and the strategies to actually overcome the fight that you may find yourself in. I believe right now as a church, we are, a lot of us, as a church, we're in a fight, and a lot of us are experiencing a spiritual battle and fight in our own personal lives. And, um, and today I want to talk around that. I want to talk around spiritual warfare. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, not too much, so don't freak out, but we're going to talk about the spiritual realm and how we are in, in a battle, um, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness, uh, just like Scripture says. So before you freak out too much, I'm just going to read the Scripture and you'll know, know what I'm saying. But just know this, God wants you to leave today equipped, strengthened, and knowing who you are in Him. The only way we win is to realize who we really are. That's how we win. That's how we win. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, say mighty. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Have you ever had an argument in your head before? Anybody? How many of you always win the arguments that you have in your head? Yes. How many of you say amazing things in the arguments in your head and you wish that they would come out of your mouth? Or maybe you wish they don't. Okay. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I want to read this in the New King James Version because I just love how it explains it. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, Christian people as believers, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about the battlefield of the mind. Did you know that the majority of the battles that you will face will be right here? Between these two ears. That is, uh, I've heard it said by a pastor, that your mind is the devil's playground. An idle mind is the devil's playground. In other words, a mind that is not filled up with the things of God and the thoughts of God is subject to the ways of the enemy. And here Paul's talking about a war, a battle that we have to go, um, that, that we have to fight in our head. And it's a spiritual battle. Uh, we're going to read one more scripture, Ephesians chapter 6. 
Many of you know about the, the whole armor of God, and you know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the list goes on and on. But have you read before that? It says this in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, his, and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Hello, there is a devil. He's real. Can we move forward? All right. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Before we pray this morning, know this. There are three heavens, three heavens. First heaven is the one that we're, is the earth. It was originally created without sin. He created Adam and Eve, and he placed them on the earth. And where did God, what did God do? He came and he walked with Adam and Eve, right? So in reference in Scripture, I don't know if you've ever read Paul. He's like, Paul's like, I was caught up into the third heaven. And we're like, hey, Paul, what you talking about? There's only one heaven. He, he knew a little bit more than we did. First heaven was the earth. Then there is the second heaven, which is where... Ephesians 6 is talking about where these spiritual forces exist, where there are rulers and there are authorities. Remember, the the enemy fell from heaven and he brought one third of the angels, which then became demons, to the earth. And they were actually allowed to rule and have influence on the earth. Y'all follow me right now? So there's the first heaven, that's earth. The second heaven where the spiritual forces are. And then there is the third heaven. And that's the heaven that we all know about. That's the heaven we'll spend eternity in. And here's the good news. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Check this out. There's level one, two, and three. Whichever, the highest level has dominion over the lower levels. And a lot of times when we talk about spiritual warfare and fighting the enemy, here's what we think. We think that we are here on the earth and we're, we're throwing haymakers at the, the, the demons flying around our head. We have these, anybody else have those weird pictures in your head when we talk about spiritual warfare? It's like, we're like, they have more power because they're spiritual and they're fighting us. No, as sons and daughters, we're seated in heavenly places. In other words, we exist in the third heaven. We have reign and power from the third heaven and we have more power than every spiritual force in darkness in the spiritual realm. This is why people, have you heard this comment a million times? We fight from victory, not for victory. What's, what, what does that mean? It means we're fighting from a place where we already know we win. Only thing we have to do is go to battle. So today, I want to title the message, What Stone Are You Slinging? What Stone Are You Slinging? Let's pray. God, we welcome you here. <clears throat> we ask you to be amongst us. We thank you that your word says where two or three are gathered in your name. You are in the midst. I thank you that you're in the midst of us today. And Holy Spirit, we ask that as we open up your word, as we um, just talk about you, that you reveal things that need to be revealed. And I pray today that you would begin to highlight the very thing that we need to fight our battles. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have you ever noticed that what works best for other people doesn't necessarily work best for you? Anybody ever realize that? This, is, this happens to me every time I walk into a, a clothing store. I walk into the clothing store. I look at the model, and I'm like, oh, man, I'd look, I'd look great in that. And then I go try it on, and I'm like, I don't look great in that. 
Why? Well, that guy's about 5'9", and I'm 6'4", right? Is that, that, that's one reason. Number two, he's way better to look. The list goes on and on of why what works best for him just ain't, ain't going to work best for me. I also think about, you know, diet and exercise. You know, you've got some people doing the keto diet, and you've got others doing the Cheeto diet. And, and, and somehow people doing the Cheeto diet look better than the people doing the keto diet. Like, because what works best for some doesn't always work best for you. You know what I mean? How many know those people? They just stay skinny no matter what they eat. How many of you got problems with those people? How many of you are like me and you think of a Pop-Tart and you gain five pounds? Anybody? I just thought of one. It's like, bam, what, how did that even happen? I, it was a thought. Okay, anyway, this is why you have to take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ so you can stay skinny in Jesus' name. You're dismissed today. Thanks for coming. That's all you needed right there. But what works best for some doesn't always work best for you. You know, one of the things that I, I, I played quarterback for a really long time, and one of the things I like to do is give quarterback lessons to junior high, high school kids, and I've done a lot of lessons. And one of the things that I believe in doing is, is helping them, obviously, give them the fundamentals and the tools to throw the football the right way. But I've noticed this over the years that there's a lot of different people throw the ball a lot of different ways. And one of, one of my philosophies is that I want to give you the tools and the fundamentals to throw the football the right way, but I want you to do it within the natural arm motion that they have. And I know I'm talking like maybe foreign language to you, but I don't want to take away the very natural gift that God placed on the inside of them. All I want to do is give the fundamentals and the tools to help them, but I'm not going to say, well, you know, I threw the ball this way, so it has to be this angle, and it can't be, you ready, this angle. And some, pe- some coaches are like that. No, you got your elbow. I mean, they just are really, really precise. No, because I believe the very natural thing that God has given you is the, best, is the, the very strength that you have in the thing that you're doing. And what I want to do is just give you the tools it could, because eventually what I want a young quarterback to do is I want them to throw the ball so much that they mature and they actually figure out what works best for them. When they can figure out what works best for them, they will be the best player they can be. All right, and if you need a lesson, just come talk to me over here by the prayer leaders after service. I'm kidding. But here's the truth. It works the same way in our relationship with God. God wants the, he wants the same thing with us. What do I mean? I mean that in his word, he wants to give us the tools and he wants to give us the fundamentals to help us along our journey. But in, in, in some ways, he wants us to get to a place of maturity that we figure out the very things that work best for us. That we no longer just do what mom and dad said. We no longer just believe what the pastor says we believe. We don't just, we don't just say what, what, what the pastor says. No, we believe what the pastor says. No, we don't just listen and do because mom and dad said so. No, we're actually living our life Because we believe. It's our own beliefs. See, we've grown up and been given the tools and been given the things that uh, from our, our husband, our wife, from our pastor, from our friends. And eventually God wants those things to become our own. Become our own weapons. Become our own beliefs. Become our own faith. Don't hear what I'm not saying today. Should you listen to your mom and dad? Absolutely. Should you listen to your pastor? Of course. <laughs> that, was, that was a joke because I'm the pastor preaching today. Um, should you take 
the, the, uh, the strategies and, and the wisdom from other people? Absolutely. But what God desires is that you make them your own. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a personal relationship with God. Can I ask you today, do you know what works best for you in him? Where do you connect to God the best? Where do you hear God the most? When and where do you sense his presence more than anywhere else? Have you figured out a time of day where you're just like, yes, I can really connect to Jesus in this moment? And how many of you know that's not always early in the morning? Somebody say amen. Before I need Jesus, I need coffee in about 45 minutes. I need to wake up so I go to him in a good mood. Have you figured out the, the, the times of day to, to, to worship? And so, what, in other words, what works best for you? Because what works best for me may not work best for you. And that is okay. I think what God wants as we mature is that we actually find the things that work best for us. Now, I want to take that idea, I want to take that concept, and I want to take it over into spiritual warfare. I want to take it over into the spiritual battles that we all face. And can I ask you this question today? Do you know what works best for you when it comes to you going to battle? What works best for you whenever you have a spiritual attack on your life? What works best for you when you're, you're just crazy in your head? And there's all kinds of thoughts coming at you. What works best for you when you can't seem to get out of that depression or you can't seem to shake the fear? What works best for you when, whenever your kids, you send your kids off and you've got worry and anxiety chasing you down? What works best for you whenever you're being attacked? Because I believe that as we mature, there's actually weapons that God's given every believer, but there's actually a weapon that may work best for you in every single circumstance. As we talk about a battle, as we talk about battling and fighting, um, you, you can't help but think about the most popular story in Scripture when it comes to a battle, maybe not even considering battle, just all time. What's, what's that story when it comes to fighting? David and Goliath, right? We think of David and Goliath. Many of you have heard the story a million times in, in church, so don't tune me out here. I'm going to highlight a specific part of the story that we, we usually don't highlight, but just to catch you up, just to remind you about David. David was a shepherd boy. Um, he said he was ruddy. He was a good-looking guy, but he was a little bit, you know, scrawny probably. And um, he didn't even get invited to the war. His dad sent all the other brothers to the war. And so David's hanging back, taking care of the sheep. And what does his dad want to do? His dad wants to check up on his older brothers. So he's like, hey, David. Here's, here's three sacks, peanut butters and jellies. I want you to take them. I want you to take them to your brothers. I want you to give them the food. I want you to find out how they're doing. Some of y'all are like, peanut butter and jellies in the Bible? No, I made it up. But he took a sack lunch. He took lunch to them. All right. Are y'all okay in here today? Okay, just, all right. What, what would you like? He took chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes and gravy. He took three bags of chips and salsa. Aha, uh -huh. yeah, I found you. Yep. Me too. That's all I would need. And he shows up to the battle, and um, he's checking on things, and all of a sudden, Goliath steps out. The giant steps out, and he begins to mock the people of God. He begins to mock the armies of Israel. And, and for, <laughs> this, is, this is how I think about it. David is sitting there, and, and this guy's been doing this for 40 days. All of a sudden, this giant comes out and just you know, mocks everyone, and David's like, what's up with this cat? 
what's up with this really big cat? Y'all just are letting him, in fact, in Scripture it says, who does he think he is? Why, why are we allowing this guy to, to do what he's doing? And they're like, well, you know, this guy's been fighting since his youth. He's, he's humongous. I mean, look how big he is. Nobody can fight him. He's challenging us every day. And David's like, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. What's the reward? They're like, well, you get one of the king's daughters, and you don't have to pay your whole family doesn't have to pay taxes forever. And he's like, goes to someone else. Hey, I heard the reward was, is this it? Yeah. And he goes over and hears, hey, I heard the reward is this. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. That sounds like a really good reward. I'll fight. Get me a woman and save money. And <laughs> what doesn't get better than that? <laughs> Just saying. <clears throat> He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fight. So King Saul hears about this. He's like, who's this little, little kid talking about fighting? He brings him in. He's like, hey, man, you can't, you can't do this. You can't win. You're a youth. This guy's been fighting since his youth. I mean, look at him and look at you. And David's like, no, nah, I got it. I used to beat up lions and bears with my bare hands, bare hands. And um, it's, you know, I, I got it. I got it. And uh, <laughs> he's like, finally convinces King Saul. All right. And so here's where we pick up. First Samuel chapter 17. So then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. Notice this. He says, I can't go in these. He protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Many of you know how the story ends. He gets the rock, slings it, hits, the, hits Goliath. I don't know if you've ever read this and actually noticed this, but it gets, it gets really, really good right at this moment. He doesn't just hit Goliath with a stone. It says the stone sinks into his head, and all the guys said, yes. Like, I just can picture that, and I'm, like, so happy about it. You know what I mean? Didn't just hit him and, like, a little cut or whatever. No, it's just, like, just, funk and just stuck right there. That was a great sound effect, by the way, just... Right there. And then it doesn't it doesn't end there. We always end the story there. Did you know that Goliath didn't die with the stone? David actually goes over to him. Remember, David didn't show up to battle with a sword. So it makes it even better that he goes over to Goliath, takes out Goliath's sword, kills him, and if that's not enough, cuts off his head. Yes. <laughs> like it's the best story ever. I love this story. You want to talk about battling. You want to talk about victor being victorious. Like, like this is the story for you. And I think we can learn a lot from this story and, and actually relate it to the, the battles that we face and the spiritual battles that we come up against. I want to reveal to you three things that we learn from this battle. And the first one's really simple. Number one, David is in a fight. And can I just let you know today, you are in a fight. David was in a fight. You're in a fight. 
Some of you are like, what do you mean? I mean that there actually is a devil. There actually is the, he has schemes and strategies against you. There actually is a spiritual realm. We just read it. I'm not saying that we should be overly conscious about the devil because he's already defeated. But I am saying we should not be ignorant of his devices. We should not be ignorant of his ways. And he does attack believers. Is God protecting us? Absolutely. But there are battles that we face with him. And a lot of times we're not fighting because we don't realize that we're actually in a fight. David is in a fight. And I got, I got even more encouraging news for you today. If you are in a fight, maybe it's because you're doing something right. If you're in a fight, it's because you're doing something right. So many times we as believers, we think, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in this fight. I'm in this trial. I'm in this battle. What did I do wrong? We think, oh, here's, here's Christian language. You ready for it? What door did I open? Can you open doors? Yes. Can you make your own life complicated? Yes. But there are also times when you're actually doing so much right that you're actually advancing into the kingdom of darkness and overtaking it with the kingdom of light, and it ticks off the enemy. And you know what he does? He comes back and he resists you. So a lot of times when we see our life and we see ourselves in the fight, don't think, oh, I must have done something wrong. No, if I'm in a fight, maybe it's because I've done something right. And I'll tell you right now, this church is doing something right. We're going after things. We're going after healing. We're going after signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, all we're doing is actually just reading Scripture and saying, we'll do that. We'll obey you, God. And in the recent months, there has been, um, on, here's what's happening. We're beginning to overtake darkness with the kingdom of light. And the enemy doesn't like it. We need to realize we're in a fight. David was in a fight. We're in a fight. Number two, David owns the fight. David owns the fight. And the same is true for us. We must own our fight. You notice in the story that there, were, there was a whole army sitting around that wouldn't own the fight. There was a whole lot of God's people that wouldn't stand up and go against the enemy until David came along. Check this out. David wasn't even invited. David wasn't even good enough for the fight. And he said, I'll own the fight. Can I just be honest with you? A lot of times we as Christians, we never own our fights. I don't mean this to be shameful or to condemn you in any way. It just, I want to reveal the truth to you. We do not own our fights. Because, you know, every person loves to play. You ready? We love to play the victim card. You know what the victim card sounds like? Why is this happening to me? I've been serving God for 15 years. I come to church every day, every day, every week, maybe every day. I do this. I do that. Why is this happening to me? And here's what the why will do in your life. The why will keep your butt on the sideline and never have you fighting. We just think, well, why? why? Well, if, if I didn't grow up this way, if this didn't happen to me, if, if, if I would have grown up with more money or if I, if I had better friends or if I was closer to the pastor or if I had this and this, I wouldn't be going through these things. What are, the, what are those? They are a victim mentality saying this is happening to me. This is happening to me. I'm behind the eight ball. I, I have to work harder. Than, I deal with this sin. This sin is so much stronger and harder for me than everyone else. Lie. 
And what that will have us doing is it will have us not fighting and not owning our fight. Can I just say today, all those things that I just said, they actually may be true. You actually may be a victim. You may actually were abused as a kid. You may, you may have actually not grown up in a great home. You may not have very much money. You may have started um, because of, uh, of your race and your color. You may have started behind the eight ball. Can I just say this? Even though that may be true, the fight is still real and the fight is still in front of you. It's just a different battle that you have to face. Maybe you were dealt a bad hand. I, okay. But as long as we keep asking why, we'll never own our fight and actually become victorious. It doesn't matter what hand you were dealt. Can I say that? I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just saying, when I, when I say that, what I mean is no hand dealt to you is bigger than your God. He can overcome racial, racial boundaries. He can overcome economic status. He can overcome generational curses and generational just, just not having any money. He can overcome anything if we will just give him the chance. And what a lot of us just have to do, we just have to say, yeah, that happened to me. Yes, this is my situation. But I'm going to own this fight. And I'm going to be like David. I'm going to step out. I'm going to fight it myself. Amen. Just like David owned the fight, we got to own the fight. Probably my favorite. Number three that we can learn from the story, David fights the battle the way he needed to fight it. Notice that he didn't fight the battle the way Saul wanted him to fight it. What was the, the, the scripture that we read? Saul tries to place his armor, give him his sword. And what does David do? David walks around in it and he's like, nope, this doesn't fit. And he takes it off. He says, I know what I need to use. I need to use a sling and a stone. This is the thing that God's giving me. And can I just say what I've seen in my own personal journey, in my own personal life, is when it comes to spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks on my life, um, actually, this is the first time the Lord has even shown me this, just recently over the last month that God will actually highlight a spiritual weapon to use in the season that you're in. In other words, he's doing this. Hey, I know what works best for you right now. It may not be what works best for him or her, but I know what will work best for you. And in the season that I'm in personally right now, just to be transparent, in, in, the, in the battles that I'm facing, in my mind, in spiritual attack, the Lord was very clear and he said, here's going here's gonna to be your number one weapon, worship. Worship will be your weapon. How did I discover that? Well, I was struggling and I began to worship and it was almost like it fell off immediately. The attack, the wrong thoughts, all, it's almost like just boom, it went away. I didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to just try really hard and read a lot of word and declare and all this. No, I just began to worship and the heaviness just fell off. And all of a sudden I noticed, oh, I'm free. And the Lord said, yeah, your weapon is a melody. You ever heard that song? said, your weapon will be a melody. Even if it's not words, just to sing a melody to the Lord. I begin to worship him. I notice that the battle that I'm facing begins to get really, really little. And my God begins to get really, really big. Not only that, I began to get really, really big. Did you know that's okay? I'm not not confident in myself. I'm not getting big, not getting prideful in myself. I'm getting big and confident in the one who lives on the inside of me. 
the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in your earthly body. If he's seated you in heavenly places, why do you keep seeing yourself not? If he says when you're weak, he's strong, that means that when you're weak, you're actually strong because his strength literally lives through you. You say, I feel weak. I know you feel weak, but you're strong. Can I preach for a second? I know you feel weak, but you are strong. How do you feel, how do you feel strong? You begin to say you're strong. You begin to believe you're strong. You begin to stop relating and identifying with the weakness in yourself. And you be like, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When I've done all to stand, I'm going to stand firm. Though No weapon formed against me is going to prosper because the God of the universe is on my side. I got weapons to defeat anything the enemy has. And you just begin to preach yourself happy. <laughs> preach yourself strong. We're really, really good at preaching ourselves weak especially in our head, really, really good at just telling ourselves we're not good enough, how insecure we are, how we'll never make it. Oh, well, they've got it, but I never will. We just have these thoughts. Come on, we have these thoughts. Can I just tell you one of the greatest ways to battle negative thoughts is by positive talk. Don't just replace bad thoughts with good thoughts. Place, replace bad thoughts with good talking. Some of y'all keep the battle in here, and if you just get it out of here, can I just tell you, God's given everyone a sling and a stone. The sling is your mouth, and the stones are the words that pour out of it. Back it with a little belief, you can do anything. See, David fought the fight the way he needed to fight it. Does that mean that you don't ever take advice? No. Does that mean that you may go to someone and they're like, hey, I really think that you, this is, I'll, I'll fight with you. You need to start doing this. Yeah, do what they say. But when you have a personal relationship with God and you're listening to him and you actually take your battle to him and say, God, I know that you're fighting with me. I know that you're fighting for me. Is there anything that you want me to do? How do I fight this thing? He might say, worship. He might say, use the word of God, begin to declare over your life. He said, oh, he may say, get into community. What's he saying? You see, what stone are you slinging? What stone is he saying? Hey, this one in this season, you need this stone. And here's a big disclaimer. Guess what? Every weapon works. Every weapon that God has provided for his people, it will work but there may be one that he highlights to you in a certain season. I keep thinking of like, I don't play video games. It's been a long time since I played video games, but we've all played them enough or seen them enough to where, you know, you see the guy and he's walking through and all of a sudden there's a weapon and it's highlighted over here and he sort of walks to it and like automatically picks it up. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, you'll get this then, everyone else won't, but here we go. That's what I, that's what I see. That's what I see when it comes to the weapons that he's given us. And he say, hey, community is your weapon. Hey, worship, that's the one to use right now. I've been doing worship. He just recently added a little declaration to my, to my, my uh, warfare lately. Awesome. But it's time that we own it and it's time that we, we realize the weapons that we have. And sometimes it's like, ah, man, this armor doesn't fit. 
this one over here, this is right in this season. I remember it was about a year ago and I was really facing just weird thoughts, crazy thoughts, thoughts that I knew were not me, um, thoughts that were, it was just, it felt like an attack. And if it feels like an attack, it probably is. Okay, um, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I just felt like he said, I want you to get up early and start reading the word of God. And I was like, Lord, was that really you? I heard early in there and I just was like, I associate early with the devil. So I'm just making sure, God, yep, okay. I said, I want you to get up early. I want you to begin to read the word of God and I want you to spend time with me and I want you to begin to declare things over your life because I need you to get on the battlefield before the enemy ever does. And instead of fighting, instead of waking up and going through your day and always feel like you're defending, I want you to start off and before even a bad thought can get in your head, you fill up your mind with goodness. You fill up your mind with the word of the Lord. Let me just tell you this. It was going on for two weeks. I did that for five days and it was gone. All it took was five days. I did uh, the first day, it got, oh my gosh, 90% better. And I just kept staying with it. And after five days, I just noticed, oh, that's over. Yes, I don't have to get up early anymore. Thank you, Lord. But the battle was won. You know what that reminds me of? David picked up five stones. He only used one. These battles may not be as hard as you think if you learn to fight the right way. I just want to give you that. I really want to just get practical as we close here. These, this is not an exhaustive list, but it is some lists that really helped me. Just some, the, the, a list of weapons for you to use when it comes to spiritual warfare. Number one, obviously the word. Every weapon comes from the word. Or two, worship. This is gratitude and thanksgiving. And I just tell you, it's really, really hard to stay sad and worship at the same time. You ever tried to sing Great Are You Lord with a frown? It just can't happen. Try that, it just don't work. So we begin to get grateful and have thankfulness in our heart. And we begin to worship. It is a great weapon. Declaration. I just uh, I gave you a little example earlier of declaration. Declaration is simply this. It's taking what the word says and making it your own. So I read, oh, we are more than conquerors for those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's declaration. God, I thank you that I'm in Christ Jesus and I am more than a conqueror. Anything that I face, I conquer because you're on my side. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I rest in the shadow of the Almighty. His wings, his faithful promises are my armor and my protection. His faithful promises are my kids' armor and protection. What am I doing? I'm not just reading words on the page. I'm making them mine and I'm saying them and declaring them. How did Jesus create or how did God create the world? He spoke it into existence. Okay, that's another message, but you get it. Declaration, prayer, obviously, community. Sometimes you just need to get in the community and say, hey, I'm going through this, will you help me? Faith, praying in the spirit. You say, what is that? Are you ready? I'm gonna say it. Tongues, praying in tongues. Word says when, I, when we don't know what to pray, the spirit prays within us. Sometimes this, this is a great weapon. Say, I don't know what I'm going through, God. I don't know what's going on. So I begin to pray in the spirit. And you know what happens? He usually reveals a weapon. I'm just going to let that one sit right there. Okay. And last one, agreement. Where two or more agree on earth concerning anything, it shall be done. 
what does the word say? It says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. You know what it's talking about there? It's talking about the enemy. One can put a thousand of the enemy to run at flight, but two can put 10,000. Imagine three, imagine four. How do we fight? Community, agreement. Hey, this is what I'm going through. Agree with me concerning my fear. Agree with me concerning the depression that I'm feeling. Agree with me concerning the anxiety that I have. Agree with me that my husband will get smarter. Agree with me that the Holy Spirit will talk really loud to him about the trash and about the dishes in the sink. And um, what else, ladies? Come on, this is your chance right now. Laundry, yes. About the la- you don't listen. You don't want him to do the laundry, all right? That is a spiritual battle. You do not need to go. Don't even touch that. It's just actually going to turn out worse for you. My, my my wife literally said, "You're not allowed to wash anything but towels." And I'm like, "Okay, I can't remember how. Is it hot or cold?" <laughs> that's I just don't care. That's what it is. I just don't. I need to care more. I need to care. Pray for me after service. You got me. Thank you. All right. Always becoming a better husband in Jesus' name. What weapon does he want you to use if you bow your head and close your eyes? We hope you loved our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at renewlifechurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great rest of your day.